It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroth, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome in to the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Great to have you in on a Wednesday. So much to get to. Make sure you check out LockedOnBengals.com where my guy Zim makes his Locked on Bengals debut with an article about the offseason, the state of the Bengals, and so much more. Check that out, LockedOnBengals.com. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. We're there, including Spotify, and every podcast posted on the website as well. On Twitter, at James Erpine, at LockedOnBengals. Joe Goodberry coming up in a, probably two minutes to discuss a bunch of stuff, including what happened in New England yesterday. But but I wanted to, to start with that because it's a, a common theme. It's something that... I noticed there's a parallel between what happened to Josh McDaniels and how he spurned and and kind of left the Indianapolis Colts at the altar and what happened with Hugh Jackson and the Bengals and Browns a couple years ago. Hugh Jackson was all set to go to Cleveland, all set, had the offer, and the Bengals said, no, stay here. It's a succession plan. You can succeed Marvin Lewis. And Hugh Jackson still left. Now, whether that's, Hugh Jackson being stubborn, whether that's the Bengals not being convincing enough or not sweetening the pot or his budget enough, whatever it is, Josh McDaniels goes to clean out his office yesterday in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium, walks in, Bill Belichick, the Kraft family, they say, no, 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 Josh, stay. Stay here. Be part of us. Hang, hang tight here. And I'm sure he got extra money. I'm sure he got assurances that he could succeed Bill Belichick in the future. I'm sure that stuff happened. And they can't put that in writing. It can't be guaranteed. But I bet you that's why Josh McDaniels left the Colts at the altar. And it's just interesting because the Bengals, what would have happened had the Bengals kept you around? I'm sure the offense wouldn't have been nearly as stagnant in 2016. I'm sure the offense wouldn't have struggled as much as it did with all of the turnover in 2016 and last year as well. And heck, right now we could be talking about a new head coach of your Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Goodberry is with The Athletic on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Really good stuff. Joe makes his debut article on the 12th. Joe, I appreciate your time, as always. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. I want to get into Todd McShay's mock draft and and some other things about some of these prospects. But first, I wanted to get your thoughts on this Josh McDaniels thing. It reminds me a lot about this, uh, about Hugh Jackson, what happened to him in the past. What are your thoughts on Josh McDaniels and kind of what he did to to leave Indianapolis at the altar to stay in New England? And now Josh McDaniels probably can't get another job in the NFL anywhere else because of it. Because, uh, you know, that 12 o'clock change of heart there, it it put a lot of assistant coaches. I, I Apparently he built a staff, and uh, those guys got to go look for work now. And I, almost every job is filled out there. So it's going to be slim pickings. Uh, I thought the Colts, I did read a, port, read a report that they will – Honor those contracts, but yep. by doing that, that also limits your search as head coach because 
most guys want to bring in their own staff, and now half the staff is already completed. So we'll see how that works out. But like McDaniels, Hugh Jackson may never get a head coaching job again in the NFL either. So it's kind of interesting how that played out. But you're right. They, uh, that, that's, that's got to be a secession plan in place because I don't know what would – you know, other than the Colts being completely, I mean, you look at the roster and, and they have a lot of holes. They're far away from competing and we don't know the status of Andrew Luck right now. Outside of that, there's only 32 head coaching jobs. You take them normally when they come available. So uh, it's interesting that this happened. And, you know, I think that's that's probably a good move for the Patriots. If they see that they keep losing offensive and defensive coordinators, you know, every few years. And at this point, if Bill Belichick's only got a, a year or two, we don't really know. But if that's the case, yeah, McDaniels is probably the right guy to, to take over after after he leaves. Joe Goodberry is our guest. He's with The Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, yeah, I I just I look at it, and they are going to honor the, the contracts. But to me, I just wonder what if. What if the, the Marvin Lewis is? And, because Hugh Jackson went to the Browns. They couldn't convince him, hey, Hugh, here's where you should stay. Here's where you should be. And you'll be able to to have success either succeed in Marvin. I assume right now Hugh Jackson would be in his first year as head coach of the Bengals, and they were yeah. unable to get that done. And yet Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. I mean, it is National Signing Day. the The, the Patriots got <laughs> the, the Patriots got Josh McDaniel to, McDaniels to flip, as we've seen a lot of recruits from high school sure. to college do. <laughs> Yeah, and I wonder because we don't know the money part of it um, from from either scenario. So I, who knows if that played a factor in it? Um, you know, for the Bengals, that they were coming off successful seasons. At that point, you could have imagined Marvin keeps rolling, the roster stays good, uh, the core talent is there and remains to be a good team. Yeah, that that had to have been an attractive option for Hugh Jackson. It, it is surprising that that wasn't the way it went and I, I agree with you he'd probably be in his first year we'd probably be excited I think because uh and you know who knows because the Bengals offense was good with Hugh Jackson so maybe the, the last two years would have went a little differently Joe Goodberry is our guest Joe yesterday and, and I put it on the blog at ESPN 1530.com slash James I, I Todd McShay released his mock draft and I obviously you watch every clip watch all the these these guys and, and prospects he has him taking Connor Williams, a tackle out of Texas. Uh, earlier today, I talked with Rocky Boyman, who, who covered Connor through multiple broadcasts on ESPN, and he's not a fan of him with the 12th pick, not a fan of a Big 12 offensive lineman in the first round again. When you've watched Connor Williams, what would you say about him if the Bengals did get him with the 12th pick? Ignoring who else could have potentially been picked at that spot, because looking at the mock, there are, it looked like there were some good players remaining. Um, some of my favorite favorites, even Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia. If you just tell me they come up with Connor Williams, um, I would have reservations. I wouldn't feel it's a slam dunk pick by any means. I think the tackle class uh, is missing that really good prospect, and he may be the best tackle. I know a lot of people feel that way, but when you watch the tape, especially 2017, and he, to his credit, he was coming off of a major knee injury uh, and trying to get healthy. He got beat uh, often and consistently. He didn't look like the same guy he was in 2015, 2016, and there's going to be a little bit of a leap of faith there. If you're, if you're saying he's the guy he was two years ago, uh, yeah, he probably goes top ten every year. But a lot of people say he may just have to be a guard now, and I don't know if that's due to a little bit of loss of athleticism or – 
or or you know he just doesn't look like he's got that type of uh, that blindside protection. Plus, I would say there's a few guys like that. I don't think Orlando Brown, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, is that left tackle franchise pass protector. While he may be a huge mean road grader at right tackle, uh, I don't. You know, when you look at these guys, and that includes Mike McGlinchey also out of Notre Dame, he's probably the best one. But I'm not sure he's. Uh, complete stud, if you know what I mean. He's, he's good. He gets beat, of course, uh, but he's probably the best one there. I think if you have a chance at, a, at an elite prospect, they shouldn't just hone in because the Bengals need offensive line. It's easy to pick that now before free agency because, let's face it, they're going to have to sign somebody in free agency on the offensive line. I hope. They're also going to have to invest. Right. We, you, they, they better, but they, they had to last year, and they came with Andre Smith. So uh, <laughs> when you go into the off uh, and, and then the, the draft, you, you think they got to draft two guys in the top four rounds on the offensive line, which kind of felt that way last year, and they spent a fifth-round pick that never played on the roster. So, uh, yeah, I think all signs point to offensive line, but Connor Williams, I wouldn't be extremely happy with it. I think there's a, there's a lot of comparisons to be made with Cedric Abuehi with him because uh, he's the kind of guy that you, people stop evaluating when you know you have an injury as a prospect. You say, well, if he was healthy, he'd play better. That's not always a given. I think guys go get under the microscope this last year in college and then through the draft process. And if you always have that injury out, it can convince a lot of people that he can be better than what he showed on tape. And I don't think his tape was very good this past year. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, What are you doing? Nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different, and that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. 
So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. Joe Goodberry with The Athletic. He is our guest. I'm James Erpine in for Mo today here on ESPN 1530. Yeah, Joe, I look at this and I just, I don't want the Bengals and it feels like it. And, and I was hoping for change and Marvin talked about change early in January when he was brought back. I don't want it to be the same. I don't want them to take an offensive lineman at 12 just to take an offensive lineman at 12 and, and, and plug their biggest need. Like, there's no denying that's their biggest need. But ultimately, if you get the pick right, it doesn't matter what position it is. It doesn't matter what position they draft. And that's why I want them to look at every single position, including quarterback. And honestly, they might benefit from so many quarterbacks going early. Todd McShay has four quarterbacks in the first six picks. If that happens... There's going to be a really good to great prospect available at 12. They won't have to trade up. It might not plug their biggest need in offensive line, but they can do that later. I, I think about last year, everyone talked about their pass rush and how it needed to get better, and they wanted a pass rusher at nine or in the second round. Bengals waited till rounds three and four, plug those needs, at, at least improve them a decent amount, a significant amount with young players, and they did so while also adding a stud running back and what they thought was a stud wide receiver. I think they can do that again this year with the offensive line. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. And if four quarterbacks go in that top 10, top 12, uh, that's really going to help the Bengals. I, I think Roquan Smith, the linebacker, we've talked about him before. If he's there, he's a perfect fit. But I also, linebacker from Virginia, um, yeah, Tremaine Edmonds is another athletic linebacker, but he's about 6'4", 240, 245. Um, so he's a big guy. Some people list him as a defensive end or an edge player. He played outside linebacker in a 3'4", Virginia. And um, he looks like an inside linebacker to me that can come downhill and, and, and hit and shed blockers. But he's got a lot of athleticism that flashes on tape. He's another guy that could be there for the Bengals. I think maybe a Derwin James, a safety out of Florida State, while I don't love him, uh, he was used in a variety of ways. I don't think the Bengals need a safety, but I think if you found a guy that was uh, a decent enough upgrade, it could make the entire defense better. 
And then finally, there is an elite prospect on the offensive line in Quentin Nelson out of Notre Dame, but he's a guard. And if the Bengals did have a strength on the offensive line right now and it's a weak strength, it'd probably be a guard because you've got 700 snaps out of uh, Trey Hopkins. What you saw, the flashes out of Westerman and Redmond at the end of the year, um, give you a little bit of hope that, that maybe one of those guys can be a starter. But you don't pass on Quentin Nelson either because he is maybe the best run blocker I've ever seen. He, his awareness and his pass protection is top-notch. He's nasty and filthy. He drives guys into the ground. He's got great movement skills. He's big. Uh, you don't pass on him. And it, it would be too good to be true if he was somehow still there at 12. In fact, I'd even consider moving up for him a couple spots if that was the case. If you really wanted an offensive lineman and the difference between getting Nelson at number nine or getting Connor Williams at 12 was the difference between a third-round pick, I'd be willing to move up and get him because I think the gap is that big. Uh, but you're right about the second and third rounds. I think it's very, very deep, especially on the interior of the offensive line, uh, especially at center. The Bengals may have a need at center. I hope they have a need at center by not re- ex- extending or resigning Russell Bowding. But if they do, there's probably four, maybe five guys that go in that day two range that I think are day one starters at center. And uh, it, it's such an easy opportunity for them to upgrade at that position and get and hopefully get better and get more athletic there. I can't see that uh, they they take the route of resigning Bodine. And if they after they get a look at this draft class and saying, man, those guys at day two are going to be day one starters for us, uh, that would be an ideal situation for them. Spending a few more minutes with Joe Goodberry. Joe's on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Joe, obviously, you watch Super Bowl Fifty Two. Uh, there's so many different angles here and, and obviously the the easy the easy way to look at it is well Philly went out and they signed all these free agents and they they overhauled their roster and it, it leads to all, uh, a bunch of success and and I totally understand that odds are the Bengals aren't going to do that one thing I think they could do and it, it's it's not just the teams that were in the Super Bowl but it's just it's teams across the league whether it's the Saints the Patriots do it is Use their running backs effectively. It, it, you tell me, you watched every snap, you've watched every snap of Giovanni Bernard's career. Can he be that Corey Clement type back where you, you put him out on the, uh, on the outside at wide receiver and send him deep and he catches a touchdown? Because I think Giovanni Bernard has more to offer. Uh, I, it's proof that Rex Burkhead had more to offer when he was here and they didn't use him. Joe Mixon, I think a lot of people were really, really high. A lot of evaluators this time last year, high on him, liked him more than Avin Kamara. We saw what he could do. Obviously, the Bengals need to improve their offensive line. But I think if they're going to have success in 2018, it's about building around that running game and using and getting the most out of Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon. That's one of the most amazing things about the last couple of years, and especially when they had uh, a lack of talent at wide receiver, if you will, and then the tight end goes down and Tyler Eifert, those catches got to go somewhere. Those targets have to go somewhere. And their lack of creativity with the running backs is startling when you look at it again and realize that you've got Gio Bernard, who's been a third down back and a really good one for a long time now. But Joe Mixon has this maybe more potential than Bernard is receiving back. If you go back to his Oklahoma tape, it's insane. They would split him out wide. He'd run wide receiver routes, run slants, and really get separation and run after the catch, obviously make crazy one-handed catches, uh, catches over DBs. He is he should be a guy that could see 80 targets a year at, at, at running back. Um, when you see wheel routes, this whole playoffs, I kept every time that someone ran a wheel route, I noted it because I don't think the Bengals did it once with their running backs. And it's just insane to think that with the talent they had, uh, they didn't use these guys. And 
that should be a focal point going forward. I hope it is because that is a strength on the, on the offense, on an offense that doesn't have many positives. So, uh, yes, they could be that. I think if the Patriots had Giovanni Bernard, they, he'd look better than Deion Lewis. He'd look better than Rex Burkhead and, 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 and James White even. I, I, you know, he would be their best back in New England, and he'd make them look like it. Uh, at, same with Joe Mixon, obviously. I think Mixon has all the potential in the world. So I'm in a full agreement with you, especially if they don't bring an addition at, at wide receiver and potentially don't bring one in at tight end, maybe a rookie in the mid-rounds. Those targets, those 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 catches have to go to the running backs for high percentage plays. Uh, that can be explosive, and the Bengals need to start using them that way. Joe, final question for you, and we started with the Josh McDaniel stuff. Could you imagine? I, because honestly, you know what Mike Brown's probably thinking today is, see, you guys wanted me to go get <laughs> Josh McDaniels and see what happens. I'm playing it safe with Marvin. But could you imagine being a fan and that happening to you I guess it's good and bad. It's bad because obviously Josh McDaniels is a heck of an offensive coach and you pair him with Andrew Luck, but you don't want to get married to someone who doesn't really want to be married to you. So I get both sides of it, the good and bad of it. How would, how do you think you'd feel as a fan if you were a fan of the Colts today? Well, I would have been extremely happy had they somehow landed Josh McDaniels. So I I imagine Colts fans were through the roof at the idea. Um, Couldn't be any happier only to find out that he's, Going back on it, man, it'd be heartbreaking. You'd be crushed. Uh, but I also don't think the search is over. I mean, look at Doug Peterson. I remember he wasn't the first option for the for the Eagles. They wanted a couple other coaches. Uh, they they fell short. It was earlier, I believe, in the in the process. But still, you end up on your third guy sometimes, and it's the right fit. I remember the Buccaneers back when they were looking for a coach, and they interviewed Marvin Lewis, and they ended up trading for uh, John Gruden late. It was. I want to say it was March by the time they made that trade, and it was the right call. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl the following year, but uh, so it's not over yet for them. While I think McDaniel's was a, one of the best candidates out there, sometimes it's a guy you don't know that well. Maybe it's a guy that a lot of people aren't going to be very fond of, like a Doug Peterson. You go back and look at what, what a lot of people wrote. Uh, they ranked him as one of the worst signings that offseason, and now – Teams will line up for Doug Peterson and his disciples, Frank Reich, and uh, DeFilippo is going to be the coordinator for the Vikings, it looks like, the quarterback's coach. So uh, sometimes it's not the name. It just ends up having good results. He's Joe Goodberry with The Athletic. Make sure you check him out on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Joe, I appreciate the time as always, and hopefully next time we talk, we're talking about the uh, the Bengals with some free agent splash signing. How about that? Or Agent McCarron, good news, right? If he's that, restricted, and actually, able that's to get a pick. That, that's more. Yes, him being restricted. But odds are, just since you bring that up, odds are if he is restricted, they're going to put that first round tender on him. Anyone touching him for a first rounder? <laughs> well, well, James, think about it. Think of the value of backup quarterback. You just saw Nick Foles do oh, it. Don't I do mean, it. you have to pay these guys four million dollars, and you're better off keeping them. Oh God, I can't believe you just did that. Can you sense the sarcasm? Oh, I can. Thanks, Mike Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Joe. I did. That's Joe Goodberry. Good stuff from him, as always. He joined me on ESPN 1530 earlier today, and that's uh, really good stuff from Joe. Figured I'd play that for you here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Here's what I do know as far as LockedOnBengals.com goes. Because I promised you player evaluations. I promised you in-depth articles. 
and I plan on delivering that. I have a new writer, LockedOnBengals.com. He's a former Cincinnati Bearcat football player. He's now a football coach, and he's now a contributor to LockedOnBengals.com. Solomon Tetment has joined the team, and he is now uh, in the middle of posting. I will edit him tonight, but we will have evaluations on some offensive linemen posted to LockedOnBengals.com tomorrow. So if you haven't done it yet, if you haven't bookmarked LockedOnBengals.com, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, do it. Because not only are we going to have Joe Goodberry every week, we're going to have a former college football, college athlete on every week. A, a guy who coaches, a guy who watches the game, a guy who's breaking down the film. And that way we're going to get multiple perspectives. We're going to get multiple ideas. We're going to get differing opinions. And that is what's going to make this the most fun you've had listening to a Bengals podcast, the most fun I've had hosting one. So make sure you keep it locked right here. Subscribe, LockedOnBengals.com. Again, it's on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you check out Zim's new article at LockedOnBengals.com. Also, Joel's new article, LockedOnBengals.com, because Joel Chandler also made his debut yesterday for LockedOnBengals.com as we continue to add to our nice group of writers, our growing group of writers uh, here at Locked on Bengals. You can email me at J- or James Erpin at ESPN1530.com. I always enjoy reading your emails. And until tomorrow, when we will have our music back, I'm James Erpin. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last off season. Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.